0: Welcome to MoFo Perspectives, a podcast by Morrison and Forrester, where we share the perspectives of our clients, colleagues, subject matter experts and lawyers. Hello, I'm Dave Lind, and I'm a partner at Morrison & Forster based in the Washington, D.C. office, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by my colleague, Mark Foster, who's a partner based in San Francisco. Mark is a co-chair of Morrison & Forster Securities, Litigation Enforcement, and White Collar Defense Group. Mark, thanks very much for joining me today. Thanks, Dave, for having me. Today, I'm going to talk to Mark about a topic that companies and boards are addressing, it seems, more often these days, and that's the situation where a company receives an inspection demand from its shareholders. Uh, Mark, could you explain to us what is an inspection demand and why should companies care about receiving these?
1: Yeah, happy to address that, Dave. As you said, inspection demands are definitely on the rise. Inspection demands are made by stockholders to review corporate books and records. Shareholders have a right to make inspections under many corporate codes and sometimes under the common law, depending on the state. We typically focus on books and records demands made under Delaware law and sometimes California law, too. Exercising this right, you know, stockholders can review sensitive and high-level corporate books and records. The ultimate purpose animating the right is to enable shareholders to do some level of corporate oversight. That's at least the goal in theory, but in reality, uh, many would call inspection rights a license to snoop. If you're a public company, you care about inspection demands because they certainly create an expense, but they also create a risk.
0: Is an inspection demand a precursor to some sort of litigation?
1: You know, Dave, it often is, not always, but that's the risk component that I was mentioning. It's fair to say that the receipt of an inspection demand is a strong indicator that litigation is on the horizon, if it hasn't come already. It's almost guaranteed that you'll have an inspection demand after litigation is filed, but very often you'll have an inspection demand made before litigation. The whole idea animating inspection demands is really generated from a lot of Delaware Supreme Court cases that have encouraged shareholders to use their inspection rights to see if there's been any mismanagement or wrongdoing at the corporate level. You'll often see inspection demands coming in the wake of bad news for instance, you know, if there's a product recall, a government investigation, any type of regulatory issues, and sometimes significant HR issues, will even do that. So certainly, if there's bad news that's you know at some level material to the company that gets attention in the press, there's a strong likelihood that you'll get an inspection demand coming. And do you know, Dave, how the inspection demands usually come? How is that <laughs> in the mail, <laughs> snail mail, and that's often a problem because you know. Most companies have modernized and things are digital and not everyone's checking their mail every day. And often these inspection demands get lost in the mail. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's just a hook in terms of why companies need to pay attention to their mail, because that's usually where these inspection demands come addressed to the board of directors.
0: And you mentioned that shareholders have a right to demand an inspection. Can any shareholder make that demand?
1: Yeah. Under most states' laws, almost any shareholder can do that. And under Delaware, where most companies are incorporated, it really is any shareholder. So if a shareholder just has one share of stock, they can impose this burden and expense on companies. There are some states that have slightly different requirements. For instance, in California, you have to be a record holder of shares. That's really a formality that any diligent shareholder can become a record holder. There are a few states that have thresholds in terms of a percentage of shares that you have to own before you can make an inspection demand, but by and large, most states say that any stockholder can do this. Uh, It's certainly an opportunity for legislative reform because the idea that a shareholder with a very small number of shares can impose significant burden and expense on a company doesn't really make sense if you look at it from just a good corporate governance perspective, especially when you see the abuses that inspection demands typically a cause. So certainly an opportunity for legislative reform. And I'd say, Dave, maybe even an opportunity for us to collaborate because I think there's an opportunity for potential changes at the bylaw or charter level, similar to what we've seen um, companies do with form selection clauses, for instance.
0: And can shareholders seek inspection for any reason at
1: all? Technically, no technically shareholders have to have a proper purpose for inspection and the the proper pur- purposes that courts have identified include valuing your shares communicating with other shareholders and investigating potential mismanagement or wrongdoing now what we see most of the time is that shareholders are seeking to investigate potential wrongdoing and they're seeking to see if directors or officers you know engaged in malfeasance they're typically looking to see if they can ferret out a claim for a breach of duty of loyalty, either arising out of self-dealing transactions or more often the case, a failure of corporate oversight over some area in the company, whatever it is. For a shareholder to go that route and pursue investigation of potential wrongdoing, they actually have to show a credible basis to suspect it. They can't just contrive reasons out out of the sky, but the test of what Meets the credible basis standard is considered the lowest burden under Delaware law. So it's certainly relatively easy for shareholders to start inspecting books and records by sending a letter that articulates a few things that they suspect is wrong. Oftentimes, courts will look at pieces of evidence, you know, bad news article, evidence of a product recall, customer complaints. Anything where there's already some hint out there in the public about wrongdoing is often enough reason for shareholders to launch these inspection demands. Certainly, shareholders can't go on a fishing expedition. Delaware courts, for instance, have, have strenuously said that you know shareholders can't suspect management and then go look at every piece of evidence in a company's files. But at the end of the day, in practice, shareholders who make inspection demands get to do a lot of probing.
0: once you receive an inspection demand, how can a company respond to it?
1: So I'd say quickly, thoughtfully, and strategically. I'd say quickly because at least under Delaware law, companies have five days to respond to the inspection demand. And as I mentioned earlier, if that demand is lost in the mailroom, oftentimes that five day window is lost. We've seen instances where companies don't find these inspection demands for months. Now, the five-day window that I mentioned is really just kind of a gating item. Under Delaware law, shareholders can't sue to enforce their inspection rights until five days have passed. So missing the five-day deadline is not in any way perceived like some kind of default or, or failure, but it certainly sets a company behind. So that's why minding the mail and what's sent to the board of directors and the general counsel's office is really important. So the first way to really respond once somebody's opened that envelope and seen the demand is to usually acknowledge receipt. That usually buys some time and allows the company an opportunity to do a little bit of meaningful groundwork to see what's going on. Usually an acknowledgement letter goes out saying, we've received this, we're going to forward it to the board of directors for further consideration. It's also an opportunity for um, the company to ask for proof of stock ownership because. Only stockholders can make these demands, and it's there are some certain technical requirements that shareholders have to make when they make these demands, and one of those is providing proof of stock ownership. So if that does not accompany an inspection of demand, that's really the first thing to ask for. And you know we've certainly seen plaintiffs go away. When I say plaintiffs, I mean shareholders who make demands sometimes go away when you ask for that proof of ownership. I think the reason is that you know we often see that the relationship of plaintiff's lawyers and their shareholder clients is often tenuous, and sometimes it takes months to get proof of ownership, and sometimes it never materializes. And as is often the case in shareholder litigation, sometimes these shareholders don't really exist, and sometimes they don't even own stock. So asking for that threshold information is really important. The second step I'd recommend after acknowledging receipt is to really do an assessment and first question to ask is does this look like litigation is coming or is it related to existing litigation and if the answer is yes or probably yes i think it's certainly time to loop in some litigators to at least you know start thinking about what does this look like on a litigation front and that leads to step 3 which is really developing a strategy you have to think through the litigation potentials if there's if there is litigation on the horizon There are two types of litigation to keep in mind, Dave. One type is just litigation to enforce the inspection demand if the company chooses not to respond or or to give what is requested in full or in part. And the second type of litigation is actually litigation on the merits, the merits of the subjects being addressed in the litigation demand. And I think it's really imperative to think about the litigation strategy for both of those fronts at the same time. So if you think an inspection demand is frivolous, a company can stand on principle and just say, no, we're not giving you the documents. A shareholder can then turn around and file a lawsuit to compel production of documents. And sometimes they do that. And sometimes they walk away because they realize it's not worth the fighter expense. So companies have to make that decision up front about whether it's, it's worth fighting or not. And it often depends on the bigger, the bigger picture and the stakes at issue.
0: And what kind of documents can shareholders get access to through
1: an inspection demand? More than you think, um, or at least more than most people think. And it certainly depends, but certainly in almost every case, it's focused at the board level documents, uh, but not exclusively. Shareholders are virtually certain to get board minutes and board agendas and almost always likely to get board decks too. But there are instances where shareholders can get even more. They can get internal reports, correspondence, and you like this, believe it or not, they can sometimes get emails among top executives or directors. And that kind of more invasive searching for internal emails and internal electronic documents sounds like litigation discovery, and the kind of thing you don't really have until you're deep into litigation. And that's, that's probably the most surprising thing about inspection demands is that there are instances where shareholders can start searching up your director's emails based on some suspicion that they were engaged in wrongdoing. So that's certainly something that everybody needs to be mindful of. Is there something that the
0: board or the company can do to minimize the risk of getting an
1: inspection demand? Certainly can't minimize the risk of getting one, but you can minimize the risk of what happens when an inspection demand is made. And I think that really comes down to having thoughtfully prepared board materials, making sure that the board minutes and board decks are, are well vetted and they're thoughtfully prepared, that they have just the right Goldilocks balance of, of the right type of information. Not so much that it it, it it provides a potential roadmap to litigation, but not so little that there's not a robust record. Of showing that a board of directors considered a matter thoroughly and thoughtfully. And so the key and the key takeaway of thinking about inspection demands is really an opportunity to make sure that corporate minutes and corporate presentations are really well, well vetted. Um, I encourage, you know, making sure that board minutes show good process, engagement, there's discussion of the the factors and the issues that boards consider on each subject that, where their judgment is called upon to bear. And I think it's really important that when it comes to substantive decisions, that the information and recommendations don't only come from lawyers, because what you see in practice is when there's an inspection demand made, you have to redact that information for privilege. And then the shareholders have no information and then courts are more likely to say, yeah, well, then you're going to be allowed to go looking at people's emails. Another tip I have in terms of what companies can do to minimize their risk is to be really thoughtful about email usage. I think oftentimes companies don't think about the email addresses that their directors are using. Sometimes directors use their personal addresses through Gmail or otherwise, but sometimes they also use other companies' email addresses. If one of your directors is a CFO or CEO of another public company, and your board materials are going through that email server. That certainly creates a bunch of issues that sometimes companies don't think about in terms of is a privilege potentially waived by having this information go to another server? Is there an expectation of privacy or confidentiality with that information on another company server? And I think it's really important for companies to think about those issues from the get-go well before an inspection demand is made. It's really a matter of good corporate hygiene. And inspection demands are a good prism by which companies can really start to do that kind of introspection.
0: Is it expensive to respond to an inspection demand? And are these the kind of costs that insurance might cover?
1: Yeah, I think... Everyone is usually surprised when they have an inspection demand about how expensive they can be because just the review of documents itself can be expensive. But often because of the litigation posture, um, you'll see that it, it requires a lot of strategizing too and thinking through how documents and positions will play out in litigation that hasn't even been filed yet. So it's an expense that kind of arises before the litigation even occurs. If a company chooses to fight and resist an inspection demand, that's certainly an expense too, because you have to, companies will find themselves actually having to litigate those issues sometimes in court if a shareholder decides to sue to enforce the inspection right. So that can certainly be expensive on the litigation front and the document review front. Some insurance companies will cover the costs of inspection. Many do not. So this is why it's important when an inspection demand comes in the door that companies pull out their DNO policies or or contact their brokers to find out if there is coverage. And depending on whether there is coverage, that may inform the strategy in terms of how a company will respond to an inspection demand.
0: So what is the worst case scenario when you find yourself receiving an
1: inspection demand? The worst case scenario that I see is you have to collect, review, and produce a bunch of documents, either voluntarily or after a court order, and that the documents really present a bad record of decision-making. And those documents are used in litigation against your board of directors in a lawsuit that survives a motion to dismiss, that proceeds into full-fledged merits discovery and potentially to trial and ultimately you know, a verdict. Um, So litigation is certainly the most likely next step from an inspection demand. And if those records aren't in top shape, the the worst case scenario is more likely as a result. And what
0: about the best case scenario when you receive an inspection demand?
1: Best case scenario is probably when you ask for shareholder ownership information and they walk away. But assuming that a shareholder who makes a demand actually as proof of stock ownership, I'd say that the best case scenario is that you have great board materials, you turn them over and you convince them to walk away. And we have seen that happen and it sometimes happens. And it really depends on the quality and robustness of the board materials that are prepared.
0: Great. Well, thanks, Mark, for sharing all those insights about responding to inspection demands.
1: Thanks, Dave. Thanks, thanks for having me. and happy to answer any other questions when they arise. Great. Thank you
0: please make sure to subscribe to the MoFo Perspectives podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like more information on this topic, please visit mofo.com slash podcasts. Again, that's mofo, M-O-F-O dot com, slash podcasts.